Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And uh, good morning at you. It's June 5th, 2018, and uh, it's a Tuesday, and that means my sister Susan's joining us from Chicago. Suze, hi. Yes, I am. I am. I am. Yeah, yeah. am. So I just saw your uh, text to me. <laughs> First of all, I'm I'm absolutely uh-huh. very excited. Uh, the we've got a a baby on the way in a what you think 48 hours? Yeah, I don't know. We don't know. We're just having some signs. Some signs. Okay, and um, the other thing in her email was that the uh, uh, the woman who is about to deliver a baby uh, says that everybody looks at their poop. Not that I want to start the show off on this, but I guess I just did. <laughs> she apologized because she was behind in her listening and had only just heard that ridiculous show that I think <laughs> we basically giggled all the way through. Well, I think we started out, um, you know, depressing ourselves uh, totally and then ended up in hysterics, which was preferable, as it turned out. Uh, I don't know, Suze. Um, let's, well, okay, we'll, we'll, uh, get off the, the poop stuff, I guess. Um, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I, I, I feel, everybody keeps saying there's a constitutional crisis coming. I sort of feel like we're in one already, and, uh. Um, We've been in one for a long time. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm really more frightened than I've ever been, I, and I, I, I am frightened. Um, I I feel like for some reason uh, the, the country, and that would be I'm including obviously the Congress, the Republican Party. I'll throw in the Democrats as well. Um, the uh, the media, the people, we the people are just sitting here and watching while this man uh, makes mincemeat out of every uh, every rule, tradition, law, expectation, assumption. I mean, I feel like he's, and this was a fear that people had initially. He's been in office for 500 days. Um, and now we know how long it takes to literally benumb the population so that we don't take to the streets. We don't, we just sit and wring our hands as he essentially... Well, we've given up. We've, we're just watching him dismantle the government. Okay. Uh, this is, this was... You're feeling the way I was feeling, what was it, last week or the week before, when I bemoaned the fact that the, the, that we were all just sitting here and it made us complicit in all of this stuff? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, what brought it um, home to me was something that happens, is happening here in Pittsburgh, and I'll just quickly fill you in. Uh, you, long ago... I remember being out to dinner where, when you were here and, uh, and Rob Rogers uh, being with us. He's the uh, cartoonist. This right, was a long, right. long, long time. But i just reminding you that you didn't meet him. Um, and certainly you've seen his work uh, since because it's reprinted nationally often. Um, Rob Rogers is the political cartoonist for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And... Uh, Today is the first day that one of his cartoons has run in the paper. Um, Prior to today, the last six of his cartoons have been killed by the PG. They refused to run them. Meanwhile, he is syndicated, so other people around the country have seen these cartoons 
And they were about things from Roseanne to immigration to the NFL stuff. Um, but, you know, many of them taking shots at Trump or at racism. And this paper now is, well, it always was, but this guy has been um, Trumpified, the publisher. And uh, he now is turning what was Pittsburgh's liberal newspaper into an absolute right-wing screed so that even though he employs Rob Rogers, he will not let his cartoons in his own... Silences him locally. Right. So he's censoring Rogers. Now, I have been... Here's what... Here's why it chills me, just to the bone. Uh, Pittsburgh pretty much has just this newspaper left. And now it's quite clear that the newspaper we have is not representative at all of the, um, of the politics of uh, the people because Pittsburgh overwhelmingly voted against Donald Trump. Allegheny County voted against Donald Trump. And yet the only daily newspaper we have is refusing to allow pointed uh, criticism of Donald Trump. And I'm thinking, well, this is how it happens. The, they take over the news outlets. They suppress opposition. Well, screening liberal media bias. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And I don't know where Pittsburgh is supposed to get its... I mean, I've subscribed to that paper since I came to town. Um, and I, I, can't, I can't do it anymore. I, I simply can't do it anymore. So, uh, Rob, I mean, I'm wanting Pittsburgh to take to the streets about this. But just like everything else... People say, oh, yeah, I saw that. Rob Rogers, they're not running his cartoons. And then they just go on. We are so inured now to constant outrage. Did you, well, Lynn, did you bother? You're doing this, but did you bother to write, for example, a letter to the editor? Yes. Decrying their suppression? Yes. And I shared it here um, yesterday. I thought it was a damn good one. Uh, it was concise. Right. It was to the point. And it has not appeared, nor will it. They are shutting down all dissent. I wrote it knowing they weren't going to print it. And it was a perfectly reason, I, you know, it wasn't screaming, yelling. It was a really good letter to the editor. It was not printed. Other people have sent me letters they have written, none of which have been printed. So they are shutting us out, shutting us down. And you tell. And I assume they have no online comments? I don't know. Well. I mean, I mean that's now not the you way, understand Susan, why I sometimes go yeah, the but, route that I go. Yeah, well, fine. That's that again. I want us in the streets. I want us in the streets. What is wrong with us? What, what is wrong as we people are taking a, a newspaper for God's sakes, which exists? Well, grab your grab your signboard and start marching in front of the building and see who joins you. Well, I don't think it works like that. I think you gotta. I've got some friends coming over tonight, and we're going to start organizing. Um, That's right. I want people in the streets. I want us to wake the f up. You've got a president who's trampling all over the rule of law. You have a newspaper which is engaged in shutting down the very thing that it exists to do, which is offer a free marketplace of ideas. This is how fascism 
takes hold. And it doesn't just happen like that. It happens exactly as it is happening here. I'm glad to see, I am glad to see that this is getting attention. One of the local television stations did a piece yesterday about it and finally smoked out the jerks at the paper to make a comment in which they said some, you know, b- corporate bullshit like we uh it's a it's a uh, personnel uh, issue and we are hoping to arrive at a blah, 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 and how uh Mr. Rogers uh, cartoon will appear in tomorrow's edition because it has nothing to do with Trump and it has to do with something they finally agree with so only things that they're that this plutocrat paper publisher agrees with can get into the paper now that's not a newspaper. That's not a newspaper. So, uh, someone sent me uh, a piece that was in the Philly Inquirer today uh, that talks about how they're shutting down our um, uh, uh, Rob Rogers. But I can't open it because I am told by the Philly Inquirer that I have over uh, used my the number of articles <laughs> I can see this month. And what's funny, Susan, is I haven't seen anything from the Philly Inquirer. I mean, I, what do you mean? I haven't been, like, reading. Well, they, apparently they do not have a very generous sharing <laughs> policy. <laughs> so I didn't see it. Um, I uh, And Rob is in no position to say a word. He's muzzled because he's an he's you know yeah I'm sure he'd like he's to, an employee like to keep his job yeah um I'm just sickened by it and I'm frightened and I'm frightened by Trump and and how the clear you can just see the campaign now to um, undercut uh, the rule of law. And, uh, and 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 when we all tell him he can't do it, he'll simply pardon himself. Yes, <laughs> you know. Yes, and I mean, and it's reached, it's reached the point of ridiculousness. And, yes, and the Republican Party. Oh yeah, that's probably true. Uh huh. Does never mind that nothing that, that Nixon, when he asked his Justice Department that very same question, they said, "Are you kidding?" Was told the resounding no. Right. And then he resigned. That's right. That's right. No, we're in uh, we're in frightening. We're in a post law law time. Um. Okay, I'm being told that also another TV station did something. Yes, a CNN money did an article um, yeah and the reason they published today's one is it was about uh, the tariffs and of course you know much of the Republican Party does not agree with what he has done with the tariffs so that one got in but anything having to do with Donald any policy it's unbelievable why should we why should we in why any, do you have a what why do you have a political cartoonist if he isn't allowed to be political? Uh, yeah. I mean, he's an editorial cartoonist. He is to represent a point of view. It's just clearly it's no longer their editorial policy, so he's representing the wrong voice. Unbelievable. They have the whole editorial, and they won't even print uh, letters. I mean, it's just amazing. Not a letter about this has appeared in their paper. What cowards. What what yeah, hypocrites and 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 uh, and I should give them my money? I don't think so. Well right. It's like it's like this this, you know, total piece of something on the bottom of your shoe, ex thank God governor of Missouri who, you know, is blaming all, you know, his political takedown on anything but his own actions. And, you know, who I, they really think that they can get a, away. Well, because they are getting... are they're, affronted when they're called out. They are getting away. He's one of the few that didn't, apparently. 
Uh, no, they are getting away. His own party actually well, stood you know, up to him. He them. resigned rather than give up. The reason he resigned is because the next real lawsuit was going to force him in, you know, to give up his pension his list and... of dark horse money. Yeah, okay. And so he resigned rather than do it. Yeah. So who do you think these people are that they're so powerful that they could make that ambitious man turn tail and run? Because that's what happened. Uh, okay. It's scary. It's scary even when it comes out the way you want it to come out. We have a call. Hello, caller. Hey, Lynn. Hey, Susan. It's Mike in D.C. Hi, Mike. Hey. I think the bigger issue here is that the plurocrats have convinced Americans that newspapers and universities are just another business. Yeah. That the, the newspapers are not part of the fourth estate. If you asked Americans what fourth estate was, they'd have no idea what it is. But the other three estates are the three branches of government. And the reasons that newspapers have the privilege to print and publish and air their news, in quote, air quotations, is because it's their objective to keep track of the other three branches of government. Exactly. But Republicans have done an excellent job at convincing them that this is just another form of TMZ. This is just another business. And at being a business, we can shut them down. And being a business, they don't have to report on the government. They can report on Kardashian. They can be owned by a plurocrat. There's no problem with that. They've been excellent at that and doing the same with the universities. Yeah, the universities have turned into businesses, too. And they see their students as like you know, as customers, as like, and that's yep. why the dorms have gotten so the the customers wanted fancier dorms and amenities. You know, I mean, what a we our nation is just turning into a grotesquerie. And it isn't by accident. None of this is by accident. Republicans have been doing this since Reagan, trying to convince people that newspapers are not. Uh, are not um, part of the fourth, aren't, don't have the responsibility of the fourth estate. They're just entertainment. I don't know. I don't know. So we're the suckers that we think yeah. it's about the Kardashians and we think it's about ad revenue. Well, well and I just, and I do think that the, um, the uh, push over the deregulation of I mean, all of these outlets, media outlets, and and the um, and you know the sense of even monopolies that we used to have, uh, that all of this appears to have disappeared. I mean, I can remember that when I was a little girl, there would be announcements on the TV about that station reapplying for their license, right? And they needed to prove that they were of community benefit and doing the right. I, I mean, has anyone ever heard any of that? No, I last, haven't. I don't know. You're right. Years? I, I haven't heard that. And they used to say, and if you would like to comment on how we're doing, you write to the FCC. They'd give you the how to get in touch with the FCC. Do you remember? Yeah. They used to do it. Because I mean, it was FCC what you is had. in the hands of the it, Republicans now. Well, I don't know. It's what you had to do. Now, here's my bet. My bet is, is somewhere under a Republican administration, the FCC removed they that. Yeah, they removed that. Uh, you know, that that TV stations had to inform their viewers. Because, and it is because of the business model. I mean, there went the equal time rule. You know, that used to be that Trump couldn't have gotten away with the way he managed to get himself elected because they wouldn't have been able to give him that much time without giving everybody else the same amount of time. It was a rule. Yeah. An FCC rule, not a gentleman. No, my, no, my guess it would be an FCC rule. If Susan remembers seeing it, an it I remember that. But you can't make money that way, giving away all that time. I remember the TV stations that I've worked at always doing that. It was part of the process. You had to do that. There is no public process anymore that I'm aware of. You're right, Susan. I haven't seen that in a million years. Wow. Because it's a business now. And so this businessman at the Post gets to do whatever he wants with his business. Yeah. If that means you know, hiring somebody and then not even using his cartoons, it's his business. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah. 
He oh, sees it well, that way, and Americans see it that way. Yeah. That's the Trump-Cohen model. You know, you buy them and silence them. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I We need to stop just talking. I'm telling you. We need to be... A, what remember at the beginning of this administration we were in the streets they wore us down already we couldn't have imagined then how bad it would be right oh uh, we imagined i don't know i mean we oh, feared I, I, didn't sleep well, a wink yeah. after, I didn't sleep a wink after he was elected yeah well we feared i know susan i i told everybody yesterday i think it's going to get worse uh, once yeah. he pardons I literally it's going to get woke, worse once the king pardons himself. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I literally woke up screaming the other night. We've got a. I mean, my God. Oh dear. Okay, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Bye. Bye. Uh, Ginger writes, "I'm with you in the streets with my poster, and I'm sharing this as well with all my friends." Um at her French group, at this group, at uh, it, which is great. That's what I'm asking you guys to do. Don't just sit well, on this. Well, give them a time and a place. Or it's, well, it's, well, it's well, well, we're going to. be a lot to. of people wandering around aimlessly. Well, of course. I mean, uh, the thing is, is organizing something like this takes some work. we got to figure yeah. it out. So, um, so I appreciate that. Uh, Kara writes, what are your thoughts on canceling the paper and how it affects the writers and other work, wor others working for it? Well, I have to tell you, the poor folks that are there that haven't managed to get out, many of whom, many of them have, um, I always said, if you cancel, what are you doing? Uh, you're only going to hurt them. But I, I, this is the last straw for me. I can't... I. You make a statement. Um, the Block family. If they start behaving themselves, you can always re-up. Yeah, re-up. Um, I just can't. Uh, John, John Robinson Block, the publisher, is 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 screwing those poor people. Uh, he's refusing to. I mean, he has. They don't bargain in good faith with the unions. They. Um, They've been bleeding their employees dry for years and years and years. Um, I, you know, me saying I'm I'm out, I'm gone, I'm not. This guy will be rich whether his paper folds or not. Um, I can't continue to support him. I never I never bought Richard Mellon Scaife's Tribune Review. Because the editorial policies of his paper offended the hell out of me. And now we got John Robinson Block. What is it with these plutocrats? They all have uh, newspapers and three names. Richard Malinscape, John Robinson Block. And now Block is just, he's the rich, now he's Richard Malinscape. I never gave Scaife my money. Why the hell should I give it to John Robinson Block? So, Kara, my my feelings about this have evolved. And Barbara writes, one of the most striking lessons of the rise of fascism in the 30s is that many citizens were simply living their lives. That's right. Focusing on their families, their friends, their jobs. They liked the fact that the economy was improving. They did not embrace authoritarianism as such, but they didn't do anything to stop it. And in 1927, before all that, Justice Louis Brandeis warned that the greatest menace to freedom is an inert people. Um, yep. And we're inert. We are more than inert. We are satiated, we are self-centered, we are whistling uh, past the graveyard, we, are, we have our heads in the sand. And Barbara finishes by saying this, the United States has a robust culture of freedom, but in the face of challenges to democratic norms, 
it is not illegitimate to ask whether Americans will be sufficiently resistant, at least if the challenges come from a president whose policies they like. Yeah? Well, I, what I'm seeing is uh, Americans are... Um, well, you know, can I suggest another reason for sitting around your dining room table and getting this moving? That if we can get everybody pumped up now and re-energized now, we should be able to pull that movement into the midterms and get those turn, turn those voices into votes rather than inert asses in chairs. And so, yeah, I think we should all, we all have little pockets that we talk to and go to. If not about anything specific, we need to start talking about what happened to this energy. Why are we inert now, especially now? It's worse than ever. People to vote for. We need to get up. We need to. It's spring. Get outside. Find your voice. Let's do it. So I agree. Figure it out. Let us know. Lynn writes, I would come from Ohio to join you in the streets of Pittsburgh. And I will stay tuned to find out particulars. Please suggest to your friends tonight at your organizational meeting that we also need to use another powerful tool of protest, namely the act of boycott. This is something our commercial moneyed interests respond to. Well, yeah, boycott the paper, or you mean boycott the PG's advertisers. Yeah, which would have a wonderful effect of usually also boycotting gun gun stores. <laughs> <laughs> you see how the movement grows. Susan, have you seen uh, RBG, the movie? No. Do. I, I, I know that you think it's absolutely, I'm sure it is wonderful. I'll see it. I'll see it. It's soon. not just I, me. I've there, been busy. It's not just me. No, this is, it's, it's to lift your spirits. It's to make you feel good. The Wall Street Journal, no less, did a big story on it today. And saying that most people, you know, this is a documentary running in commercial theaters and it is already placing itself as one of the more lucrative documentaries of all time. People are loving it. And they're loving it not because it's going and it's like going to a, you know, some documentaries are preaching at you and it's a, you know, it feels like going to school. This isn't, it's this because is. Because it's about her. It's flat out entertaining. <laughs> flat right. out entertaining. And um, the Wall Street Journal says this. Uh, it is a rare hit documentary at the box office, over $7 million to date that it's earned, a 94% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's it works because, as the journal says, it tells the surprisingly compelling and little-known story of an extremely important public figure at a particularly relevant moment. Please, it's still at the Manor Theater in Squirrel Hill. Please get a bunch of friends together and treat yourself. Okay, let's talk about, uh, this is lighter, the president, this latest, and, and here again, the danger of, of him. Uh, this thing of disinviting the Philadelphia Eagles to the celebration that was scheduled for this afternoon at the White House, where, you know, this has happened every year, the Super Bowl champions. Well, that was in danger of of, of smoldering out. Not really. So he needed to reignite Not it. really. Oh, right. Oh, you mean he, the, the folks, his base what needed to be revved up again. Pumped up again. Right. So this is a guy, I forget where, who said it, that Trump actually said to one of the owners, this issue is gold for me. He said to one of the owners, guys, sorry, I am taking this and running because it gives him a huge audience it allows him to 
get the attention. I mean, what? The football is the American sport. It, um, it gets them to conflate patriotism and football. And listen to this despicable thing he said when he, um, he disinvited the, the Eagles. Uh, they di- listen to how he writes. They disagree with their president. He speaks of himself now in the royal third person. Right. They disagree. Not they disagree with me. They disagree with their president because he insists that they proudly stand for the national anthem, hand on heart in honor of the great men and women of our military and the people of our country. Now, let us be clear. The Philadelphia Eagles, last season, stood for the national anthem. So, as usual, he's lying. They stood for the national anthem. And then he says that, I mean, every year there's some players that don't go. And most of the Eagles, I think, were going. (coughs) And he says this. The Eagles wanted to send a smaller delegation. But the 1,000 fans planning to attend the event deserve better. He's just making this up so he can, as Susan said, gin this golden dividing kind of made-up controversy that gets his base all souped up. And then he said, so now it's just him and the fans. And he says, these fans are still invited to the White House to be part of a different type of ceremony, one that will honor our great country, pay tribute to the heroes who fight to protect it, and loudly and proudly play the national anthem. Do you hear that? Loudly play the national anthem. So now he uses the national anthem as a bullying tactic. I'm Well, he's trying to keep the crows away. This is That's how you, do. you play loud music. This is how the dictators This is how dictators act. I will be there at 3 o'clock with the United States Marine Band and the United States Army Chorus. And our media And will meanwhile, we, you know, we've just totally somehow seeded the argument that these guys have no right to, to use to respond to the national national uh, the national anthem as they wish there is no decree about this anywhere that is the very basis of a free state and suddenly we aren't even talking about that we're talking about the owners and trump and using it and blah, blah, blah. but the message well screw the message it's unbelievable i if I ever attend another NFL game, I ain't standing up. I will not stand. As a matter of fact, I'm done standing because I don't even recognize this country anymore, and I will join those who have taken a knee. God, Okay, changing the subject. Susan, did you see that story about the man who gave his life stopping some yes. crazed woman? Yes and yes. If anybody, I mean, the, the woman who drove, okay, onto a baseball, Little League game or something and was mowing, heading right towards some kids. He got the kids out of the way, threw himself in. An old man gets the kids out of the way and gets run over, right. Yeah, but did you hear the rest of the story? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's story one, hero. Okay, flip side. Side B, as it were. Side B is this man, the man who died five years ago, 
walked in to a Fulton, New York police station and confessed that as a teenager in 1968, he was behind the wheel in a hit-and-run case in that town on Halloween night in which he struck and killed a four-year-old child. And he had avoided apprehension and he and when the statute of limitations and when the and he was no was hero that? and yeah but when the statute of limitations ran out he walked right in and said it was I'm the one I did it and they couldn't do anything to him and then he moved I where the story the car thing uh the the, the happened in um with the in in Maine so he moved right. so now he's living in Maine right. and there's something so extraordinary about the fact <laughs> that here was a s- same kind of a situation and he sacrificed himself um yeah well I mean, we are, the people that we turn into is made up of the experiences we've had. You know, it might just be that the kid behind the wheel was not the actual man. The actual man might have absolutely acted instinctually, having nothing to do with it, just shoving those kids out of the way and not being lucky enough to get out of the way himself. I mean, it's karma. Yeah, it's karma. I'm, I'm willing to grant him I don't think he has to be a hero I think he just has to be human yeah no I agree this is some wonderful circle he took a life he saved I think three well and I and he took a life and he saved many and and I'm sure that um, that he was satisfied to do it because I think he lived his life terribly unhappy about what he'd done exactly or he wouldn't have bothered to turn himself in. There was right. no reason to. Right. It must have been, you know, something that... So I don't know how old he was. He was in 1968. He confessed in 2013. Um, he died in as a 68-year-old man. He, you know... He's, he was, you know... He was a teenager. Sort of my age, a little younger. A little, yeah, a little older. Oh, well, I thought that was an astonishing story. Really. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Um, and interesting that the family of the um, child that was killed by him? of the child took comfort. I mean, karma was her word. One of the sisters, right? Tony, little Tony writes. Uh, that the Philadelphia Eagles thing for Trump, it's nothing more than a diversion. That's right. It's something he knows how to play this game. He loves this kind of thing. He's going to be in full-throated throttle at 3 o'clock. And what pisses me off is our media will be there covering every everything he says. Then they'll call him a liar afterwards, but some of them. But you know what? We don't know how to deal with him. I don't know. Where's the line where you have to cover what the president does? Yeah, exactly. And And when is it equally propagandizing not to cover it? Well, I don't understand why the White House press corps continues in a zombie-like fashion to act as if this is a normal presidency and to even bother attending the press briefings when no question is answered, when lies are dispensed. And not only do yeah, they continue to... Yeah, and uncovered regularly. Yeah, and I not, mean, not, lie, uncover lie. Right. Lie, and, uncover lie. I mean, how can anybody even look at any of these people and, and you know, I mean... 
As a reporter, my next question would be, are you lying now or were you lying then? Well, something like that happened yesterday in regard to the, um, you know, did Donald Trump dictate the thing? And the letter, right. Yeah. So you said then, were you lying then or are you lying now? And And the thing is, if they're going to, the reporters, continue the charade of, everything, this is how it's always been done, we sit here, they stand there, then at least band together. And so if a reporter asks a question which is not answered, then the next reporter asks the same question. And then if it's not right. answered again, the next reporter asks the same question. In other words, you act as a group representing the American people demanding an answer. But they don't do that. They don't do that. No, because they represent their own interest in, in scoopability. Yes. And you heard it here first. Right, when in fact the interest that they need to represent is the nation's interest. Little Tony says this is nothing more than a diversion like every other day of the week and also because he's a very petty man. Hard to find a pettier one. As long as everyone is talking about him, good or bad, he's happy. I have a thought that if the media would stop making him the main story of the day for a good amount of time, he would surely go totally insane. I think you're right. Maybe dribble up and blow away. Okay, another effort to lighten things up. Uh, back to the royal winning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the you know one of the uh, Brits that was uh, a go-to guy for a lot of media to explain all the you know crazy little traditions and this and that during the during the wedding uh, was a guy named. Uh, Mace, Mr. Mace Archer Mills. And I'm looking at a picture of him, and he's goofy looking. He's got a top hat and an ascot and all this kind of crapola. And he was used by a number of European outlets. And um, But he's a homeless guy with a costume. Close. I'm guessing. Okay. <laughs> He was born in a little town in upstate New York. Right. As his real name is Tommy Muscatello. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think his forebears did? <laughs> Tommy Muscatello. And the story is a riot. From the time he was a little boy, he just loved the king and queen and England, and he and he started parading around and and speaking in a British accent when he was a kid. And um, okay, so there's a, there's got to be an initial for this. <laughs> um, what do you mean? Well, it's it's it's. Uh, it's origin, um, wait a minute, dysmorphia. Okay, yeah. He was meant to be a British upper crusty type yes. and not in his, Tommy in his, in his very inner, this is who he is. It's, 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 it's sort of like origin dysmorphia. Right, it's like being trans, right, is what you're saying. I mean, he, he was born right. into the wrong, <laughs> not body, but wrong place and time and all time, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, everything, so yes. he now is essentially the real deal in that he, um, you know, he lives there. He has... Uh, 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 he is virtually indecipherable from... The real thing. He's a, He has a radio show on the Royals in London. He issues news releases, and, uh, and in 2015 he began publishing a magazine called Crown and Country. He was hired by the Ser- well, listen to this he was hired by the Serbian royal family last year 
as a consultant on matters, including running of royal households. (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Muscatello! Well, he could educate him. Now I've been I've been conjuring about this idea of origin dysmorphia, you know, since the the white woman who yeah. was head of the local NAACP. NAACP. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 she, you know, I mean I mean bless her heart, I really think in her heart of hearts this is who how she views herself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I you know, think that... it's it's origin dysmorphia. I I think you're on to something. I, I I do. I absolutely do. Anyway, what's funny is it says here that um, even the BBC has used him. Um, it, it, he, the Economist has used him. He he appeared on Comedy Central, I guess, last year on on the Jim Jeffrey show, and uh, it's the Wall Street Journal that did the story, and the and the journal's reporter uh, contacted the Jim Jeffrey show and said. Are you aware that Mr. Mark Archer Mills that you had on your show um, is Tommy Moscatello? (laughs) And here's – and this is a Comedy Central show. So they put out a statement. I love it. Here's the statement. The Jim Jeffries Show says, If we had any journalistic standards, we imagine we'd be quite upset by this news. (laughs) (laughs) meanwhile the real the real guys that supposedly have journalistic standards the bbc and the economist they decline to comment (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh you know what what he knew he knew his stuff what you know that's what he says dispensing that's right. So what are they? Right. So why is it anybody's business? That's right. That he was born there. Exactly. He, this is who he is now. And that's There's what he says. Absolutely nothing illegal about changing one's name. There's absolutely nothing illegal right. about speaking in a funny accent, or we'd all be in jail. You know, this is. This is what, and you know uh, what? I mean, that's just mean. And he says that he said, "Look, I'm a an expert on this subject." And um, perfectly reasonable for a news outlet to ask me about this stuff. And and he did not deny when the Wall Street Journal came calling. He totally, he's not, he, he was not freaked out. He told them the truth about who he is and said, I never really hit it. We've, uh, we have a caller. Caller, hello. Good morning. Hi. Clarence Cannonsburg. Hey, Clarence. Hi. Hey. Believe, uh, hello. I believe I'm suffering from origin dysmorphia myself. Why? Where were you? Sp- <laughs> really? I, I look around, I read things, I watch television and think, I must be an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't possibly from the same species as the majority okay. of people. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You might be. <laughs> the, um, no, I was thinking about it. You guys brought up, what was that woman's name who, you know, right when I was down with the number, uh, the yeah, yeah, yeah. None of us can think of her name. Who? Yeah, but, but, um... Roselle. Ro- Roselle? I don't know. Yeah. We'll call her Felicia, because that sounds black. So anyway, Felicia, the, um... <laughs> the, uh, um Stop no, when that. that. When, that when, the whole, when the whole thing came out... Dolzell. Dolzell. Dolzell is her last name or something. Okay. All right. I'm sorry, so, go ahead. When the whole thing came out, I said, look, the whole, all that stuff is made up anyway. You know, countries, races. Races, yeah. You know, right. why not just right. be able to choose? It's just made up anyway. You know, just, you could just choose and say, I'm this and I'm that. It, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> I, you know? Yeah, I yeah. don't know what, it, she appeared to be doing, like, actual good in this yeah, she life was. that made her feel comfortable and good. Yeah. And now we, and now she's broken. Totally. You know, and I just sort of feel sorry for her. And so do I. <laughs> Look, I get, I get. Hey, you sound like a white guy all the time. So I. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
I'm sorry. <laughs> what a terrible thing for someone to say. <laughs> no, I respond to that. <laughs> hey, look, right, you know, I, you know, I'm a black guy who sounds like a white guy, so I'm impressed on two fronts. <laughs> I'm, I'm old school and I just and proved I'm it. <laughs> yeah, I'm old school oppressed and new school oppressed. <laughs> well, you're an alien. Yeah. And uh, like I said, I'm, an, I'm from some some other place. Yeah, and so I was about to say something else about the whole uh, dysmorphia and people. Oh, the um, you know people like who say that they're Italian or you know Irish origin, all that stuff. I always tell them. You're only going back a couple of generations. What were your people before that? That's why I always claim to be uh, Pangean. Pangean. I, I claim right. my heritage all the way back to the primordial ooze. <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, you schooled me on this three decades ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. Almost. Yeah. Wow. For goodness sake. That was in uh, 1990. So, yeah, that was during the uh, 1990 census. So, it is almost three decades. I've known you. I've known you longer than I didn't know you. <laughs> if that makes any sense? In your lifetime, yes, that's yeah, true. Yeah, in my lifetime, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, wow. Isn't that something? <laughs> that is. Hey, I thought with the Three Rivers Arts Festival going on, you'd be uh, over there. I actually stopped the Three Rivers Arts Festival in 2013. Oh, and so you haven't my, been doing uh, it. Yeah, for the last five years. It's basically when um, Pittsburgh Downtown Partnership took it over, as opposed to being its own entity. Way too many hoops to jump through and all that kind of good stuff for an old guy like me. So. Oh, really? So you said to hell with it. For those of you who don't know, Clar yeah. Clarence is a uh, cartoonist. I mean, a caricaturist. Caricature. A cartoonist. I'm no Rob Rogers. Yeah. No. Well, but you both are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just brought him up because of his uh, yeah. situation. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. Unbelievable, yeah. Always good. By the way, what is it with you and Rogers? You're Mr. Rogers, Mrs. Rogers, Rob Rogers. <laughs> What's that? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I never thought of it. That's true. I don't know. They're good oh, well, people. Well, All those Rogers I know yeah. are really good people. The best. Yes. Yeah. And I would have something else funny to say, but I can't come up with the fourth Roger, so I'll stop where I am. Okay. Uh, get <laughs> get get going while the going's good. Thanks. Nice to okay. hear from you. Bye. Bye. Okie doke. Brooke writes, uh, you're talking about how inert we become, and you ask why we aren't marching in the streets. In the 500 days that Trump has been in office, I admit I'm worn out. It's not that I'm unwilling to recognize or acknowledge this problem we call Trump, but I find myself purposely putting my head in the sand. I fight it, I read a book, or I mow the grass, or I watch a mindless sitcom, anything to avoid that which appears to be beyond my control. I hate this, and I want to crawl under a blanket in a dark room. I mean, Brooke, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I understand that, but that's how we got to fight it, though. We just, we have to take care, I mean, it's hard. You got to reach some balance where you're taking care of yourself so you don't literally... No, really, we, I mean, here's what I say to myself. Do I want to be the people that in 20 years are looking back and saying, just two decades from now are looking back and saying, how could they not do more to stop this? How could they let this continue to go on after they saw that and after they saw that? Right. Why did no one step forward? Well, we're already at the that, that, and that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Take that longer view, and uh, it might give you a, a little more energy. I mean, remember how high the stakes are here. I mean, I think the stakes are as high as they could possibly be. I think the stakes are literally we could be witnessing, it sure looks like it to me, the dissolution of what is called the American experiment. And I'm reminded of, I don't know which founding father said it, but uh, said that the only way this experiment will work is um, if we have an informed citizenry. If it's, if it's a government of, by, and for the people, then if the people become bystanders, It'll be lost. 
And that's what's happening. We're bystanders. We're helpless. We feel helpless when we're not. And as Susan said, there's a ballot. And that's the first thing we've got to do in every way. So give money to candidates. Give your time to candidates. Canvas. Do something so that you will be able to look yourself in the mirror in 20 years and say, I, oh, you, I don't know, you'd still probably say I should have done more. We, I think we're in a fight for our lives. I do too. For our country's life, certainly. Yes. And for many of us in this in this country, a fight for their very very lives. I That's was with the part that yeah, gets me. I was with it's, um, it's so much. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was with an immigration uh, attorney. Uh, in she's an immigration attorney in Philadelphia, and um, I was uh, talking to her this weekend, and I said, "How can you? How do you?" She not only feels like this about the country, but she, on a daily basis, is dealing with this administration and how it is destroying human beings' lives. And she is drained, but she keeps going to work and she keeps doing, I mean, she's hanging in there and you can see it in her. I, 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 how she said you have no idea of the terror that so many people in this country now uh, are living with I mean true terror of being deported to countries where if they are deported they will be killed um of being of, deported of, to country, or even if it's not that, being separated from their, ch- their children, their families, who are citizens. Exactly. You know, a, a terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. It is inhumane stuff. It is cruel stuff. And how you pledge allegiance to a country that engages in that kind of cruelty. And inhumanity. It makes you complicit in the actions. Right. That's what I'm saying. We should all be respectfully taking a knee. Yes. I mean, praying that this stops. Yep. I mean, you got a president here who is essentially engaging in sort of open trade wars, warfare, with our biggest allies, with people who have stood with us, who have sent their soldiers to die in our misbegotten wars, for God's sakes. Canada, the European Union, and this is an administration and a country now that is cozying up to the most vile countries in the world. Cozying up to our enemies and offending and going to war with our allies. We are going our to be... Our closest allies. How many, I mean, okay, let's start a trade war with Canada for crying out loud. Oh, yeah, because the Canadians are killing us. Yeah. Unbelievable. Truly unbelievable. Well... Okay, sorry. Um, I'm, no, I'm not going to apologize. I mean, I'm, I, I, th- this is our reality. And um, Okay, I just want you all to promise me that if I get something organized here that um, you show up. Please. Please. Okay? We've got to start showing up. Okay, so that's it, Suze. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna be a grandmother two times over, maybe the next time well, we talk to you. Sometime in the near future. Yeah. Sometime. Well, <laughs> I have been thinking. I have been thinking. Um, uh, my thoughts have been uh, with with Arlie and Tawny, 
and uh, and Ellis, <laughs> whose life is about to go kaplooey. Yeah. I know. He's saying the cutest rendition of Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Complete, Aww. you know, root, root, root for the cubbies. <laughs> That's nice. That's good. All right. Thanks so much, Suze. Appreciate it. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. I'll see you guys tomorrow, okay? Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.